Folks, it's your man Wesley E. I wanted to jump in here and let y'all know things going to be a little different tonight. This will likely be one of maybe two only voice breaks that I do for the show tonight because just not in the mood to talk. This is uh, September was the worst month of my life. Uh, so I had a lot going on. So um, and just to share with everybody, my, my dad passed away this past Monday. Um, so I'm going to play some instrumentals just to soothe my soul because usually my radio show and my music calms me. So I'm going to do that. And then within the middle of the show, um, I'm going to play a sermon that he did, uh, cause my dad was a pastor. So I'm going to put a sermon out there for our ears, for my ears and your ears. The sermon's entitled Seizing Opportunity in the Face of Adversity. And I'll be mad if this is not some adversity that I got going on. So, um, Vibe out to some instrumentals for the first 30, sermon in the middle, and some instrumentals on the back. Still the Flavor Lab, but um, just don't have no flavor right now. I'm kind of bland right now, so let's um, get some music and just vibe, and y'all vibe with me, all right? Flavor Lab.
my keep my keep my people running.
never a day goes by that I don't hear the sound of the hunter's gun. Never a night goes by that I don't hear the sound of the siren scream.
Hallelujah. What a way to start today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What a way. What a way. Amen. Hallelujah. We give honor to God and to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Truly is the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. To all of our associate ministers and to the visiting clergy, to our deacons and officers and business members and friends. Just good to be in the Lord's house. On this the Lord's day. This truly is the day that he has made. Amen. Hallelujah. Purpose to rejoice and be glad in it. I want to share this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We began 7 verses 7 through 9. Then we'll skip over to 13 and 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 7 through 9, and then 13 through 14. And they read, for I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Verse 13 and 14. 13 and 14. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong, let all your things be done with love. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name this morning. We thank you for the moving of your Holy Spirit, how you already baptized us this morning in your anointing how you've just come and carried over from my earlier devo devotions this morning how you just maintain that level of praise and that level of worship we just thank you father for just being our god we know dear god that you are the preacher and we invite you now to continue to preach and minister to your people open our eyes and our hearts dear god to the truth of your word let not a heart leave here today untouched, but have your will and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I want to share with you today from a thought, uh, seizing opportunities in the face of adversities. Seizing opportunities in the face of adversities. My Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. Seizing opportunities in the face of adversities. Many of us 
in this season know a lot about adversities we've been going through. It's been a difficult season for some of us, but God has been faithful in, in spite of. Amen. As we look at uh, our background to our text today, we find that Paul is now in Ephesus. He's writing to the Corinthian church. He's responding to correspondence that he had received from the church. And uh, they had concerns or questions about marriage and uh, the use of meats that were offered to idols. However, Paul, even he dealt with those issues, but Paul was more concerned about the reports he was receiving about the deepening divisions, amen, and increasing contentions in their church. And uh, a case of incest which had not been judged. Amen. They were aware of it. Community was aware of it. Amen. But no one had done anything about it. Amen. And so then, hallelujah, Paul was concerned, amen, that they were not doing what they were called to do. And that it was uh, sin was flourishing in the church. Amen. The, the factions uh, were not due to heresies, but to the carnality of the church. Hallelujah. Carnality of the Corinthian church. Amen. Uh, they were restless, uh, and they had this great admonition about the Greek wisdom and eloquence. Amen. So... Reminds us of the day we chase after, amen, all over the country for an eloquent word, amen, when the word of God is still the same. Huh? Uh, we chase after for the spectacular when God is doing the miraculous every day in our midst. We miss it because we're, we're chasing after something that sparkles and glitters, amen, and that attracts, amen, those who operate by sight as opposed to those who operate by faith, amen. And so then Paul in his closing instruction now, this is a closing instruction to this uh, first Corinthians, and Paul now in this closing instructions uh, deals with several things. He states concerning the, the collection uh, in the 16th verse, and beginning at the, the first verse, it says, Concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so I want you to do the same thing. And then he goes on to identify how he wants to, them to address it. He said, Don't wait for me to come. He said, But on the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, amen, as God has prospered him, amen, that there be no gathering when I come. Amen. Don't have to run together and grab it and put it together when I come. You do it in advance. Amen. Take the offering. Amen. The first day of the week. Amen. And when you come to church, first day of the week. Amen. You come together, have it put together for me, and uh, then we'll deal with it from there. He says, and when I come, I'll send letters with whoever you choose. Whoever you choose to represent you, I'll send letters with them to Jerusalem because now they were trying to support the Jerusalem church because there was a lot of things going on, famine and other things going on in with the uh, Jerusalem church. 
and and they were under great oppression and so the churches out in the other communities out in the outline uh, 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 cities were now being asked to support the Jerusalem church since the Jerusalem church was recognized as the head of the church amen it is where the church was centered immediately after the death and resurrection and, and ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. He says, Now on my way to Macedonia, I will come and, and see you. And, and in fact, I, 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 my intention is to come and spend winter with you. I'd love to spend some time with you. But I can't come to you right now. Uh, he says, But when I do come, I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. Amen? And then cross-reference deals with that in James. The things that we plan, we ought to say, if the Lord permits. Amen? <laughs> Amen. The things that God asks us to do, we don't need to say, if the Lord permits. Because he is the one that's asking to do it. But our plans, we ought to always tag it. Amen? If the Lord permits. Hallelujah. And that's the same thing that, that James was uh, a teaching in the book of James. And this, this shows a cross-reference to that. Just want to share that. Because so don't be upset, amen, if the best of your plans get changed by God. Hallelujah. And we've known that to happen, amen, uh, once or twice, amen. Hallelujah. The best of your plans might get challenged and may get changed. And no sense in you getting all frustrated because God reserves the right to change your plans. Hallelujah. Amen. And you're not your own savior and you're not your own keeper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has, is your keeper and he's your savior. Amen. We owe him. Amen. As opposed to him owing us. That's a great revelation, isn't it? That God does not owe us. That God is not indebted to us. Hallelujah. That God doesn't have to answer all of our prayers, amen, because it's what we want. Hallelujah. God sometimes will let you have what you struggle for and what you keep crying for, even though he knows it's not what you need. Hallelujah. And then a lot of times once we get it, we will, Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. It's been 10 years trying to get out of it after you done begged for it. Amen. Amen. But God was trying to tell you to slow down and wait. I had something for you. Amen. Amen. But you, we, we tend to overrule God like Sarah. We want to help God out because he's moving too slow for us. Amen. We want to help God out. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, but Paul now says, uh, um, but now. I will tarry, for now, I will tarry at Ephesus. I'm going to stay at Ephesus until Pentecost. And there are many adversaries here. But a great door and effectual is open unto me. And this is what blew me away. Amen. That in the midst of all the adversaries, in the midst of those who stood against his preaching and the doctrine of Jesus Christ, Paul now recognized that a great window, a great door, an effectual door had been opened to him. A great opportunity to win souls for Christ now had been opened to him in the midst of all the chaos and all the stuff that was going on. 
So Paul didn't, didn't run for the hills, amen, because, amen, he could, he could go to uh, 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 Corinthians, amen, and, 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 and spend time there with them and get, try to get them straight, amen. He said, no, I need to stay here. I need to stay in this mess. I need to stay in this confusion. You know, a lot of that stuff that you're trying to get out of, you're praying to get out of, that job and all that, huh? Huh? That situation that you're praying to, that God will, uh, uh, will get you out of that mess? Huh? Hallelujah. Not realizing that God has great, gone to great extent to put you in that mess. Hallelujah. Because you have been literally chosen, amen, handpicked by God, groomed for years to deal with it. Why then would he take you out of it? Huh? Because we want to, we want to, we want to, we want the easy way out. The root of least resistance. We don't want to, uh, uh, we don't, don't want anything uh, to come against us. Don't want to deal with confusion. Don't want to deal with uh, stuff and strife. Amen. But God has called us, amen, the light of the world. If you are the light of the world, amen, where then do you have your greatest value? Huh? In darkness. In darkness. You've been groomed. You are a light of the world. He has poured into you. He has taught you. He has nurtured you. He's, he's, he's groomed you and, and, and just, just fed you and, and lifted you up. And so now you are able and ready for the purpose that he created you. You are the light of the world. And so he puts the light, amen, in darkness. My Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. He puts the light in darkness. And, and, and where it is more valuable there than anywhere else. But because in the darkness and in the confusion, we, are, we seem isolated, amen, we seem alone, amen, and no one there to help us, amen. No one there to understand us. Nobody cares about us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's one of the things that we have to learn when we come to adulthood, that it's not about us. Hmm? Uh, it transfers the concern concern transfer from us to our children. Uh, the sacrifices we make for our children. Uh, the sacrifices, decisions that we make, amen, for our children. Where are we going to live? Because based on the school system. Uh, so that our children can go to these schools. We live in this area. We choose to pay a little more, amen, for the house and for the taxes and all this other stuff so that the children can have access to the right education. Hallelujah. Amen. All the decisions that we make, 90% of the decisions that we make now become for other people, not for ourselves. We learn to live on what is left. Huh? And even though we're taking care of them now, we're also preparing for them and for their future. Nurturing them and grooming them running my hands, soccer and ballet and uh, gymnastics and all kinds of stuff. Hallelujah. Guys want to go fishing. No, I can't go fishing. I got soccer. I got soccer practice. 
Huh? I got baseball coming up soon. Baseball practice. Hallelujah. One is going over here. One is going over here. I got volleyball practice. Amen. Got the summer league. Got the AAU basketball. Da 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 da. On and on and on. You run ragged, 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 ragged for your children. Now, when God wants to use us, it's all about us. Huh? It's all about us. Huh? And so then, God is moving, and he's spent all this time developing us and nurturing us as we've been doing our children. Amen? We should be, and until our generation, we're one of the first generations that have prepared our children to live with us forever. Amen? Hallelujah. But... But but the 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 the, the, the rule, amen, uh, 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 of the of rearing children is to prepare them to live independently of you, amen. That's why you hear the the sermon called "The Eagle Stirs the Nest," amen. The eagle stirs the nest; it makes the nest so uncomfortable that the the, the offspring can't stay there. Take all, all the down out of the nest, all the down that she's plucked out of herself to make the nest comfortable for the babies. And as they grow, amen, now they have to stand up. Because every time they try to sit down, the sticks and the briars and all the stuff that the nest is made of sticks in them. And they can't sit down anymore. They stand up and they exercise their wings. And because the mother knows that at one, one day, it's going to come a day, they're going to have to fly on their own. They can't stay in the nest. They got to leave here. They got to go. They had to learn how to hunt for themselves and take care of themselves. Amen. And the time is drawing nigh. So what does the mother do? He, she mother makes the nest so uncomfortable that the child would rather go than to stay. So you, we used to wonder why. We used to wonder why. It, I, when I get 18, I'm out of here. And I can see my mom going, dad, yeah, that's right. You better get up out of here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to go. You can't stay here. You got to go somewhere. When you get 18, you got to go. Wasn't an option. You had to go. Particularly if you were males. Now, you, you know, in my basement, not hardly. You know, it's my basement. It's my entertainment area. Hallelujah. My TV and my pool table, huh? You got to go get your own. Hallelujah. Amen. And so that, that system, that's how the, it worked. And that's the purpose of, 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 of raising children, amen, to push them out of the nest, to make them independent of you. But now we work in a, we live in a generation, amen, where we make our children dependent on us for, for years and years and generations and generations. Amen. And uh, that is not what God intended the family to be or to to uh, the structure to work by. Amen. And so we, we, we think that we're doing them a favor when we're actually we're hurting them because we're, they're crippling them and their ability to operate independently of us. Amen. Amen. But Paul says, I mean, Paul says now, amen, that a great door in the midst of all this confusion, all this hatred and all this uh, 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 mess that's coming against me, that a great door has been opened unto me. A great door. An effectual door. 
A great door means an opportunity. Many opportunities have been made available to me. Effectual means producing or able to produce the desired effect. Huh? In other words, he's saying that the fields are ripe with harvest. The fields are ripe. The opportunity is here. Amen. But the laborers are few. I need to stay here. I need to stay here and I need to minister. I need because God has given me a great opportunity here and the people are receptive to the preaching and the teaching of the word. Mm. And so we asked uh, in our time and even this present time, are we able to see the great door that has been opened unto us here in this community? in Durham, North Carolina, in this nation, amen, throughout the world, yeah? This door that has been opened to us in the church, hallelujah, hmm? in this recession, it is a great door open to us. And high unemployment, a great door that has been opened to us. And home foreclosures, a great door that has been opened to us. Two wars being fought at the same time with their spouses and their children home. Amen. And a great door, a great opportunity has been opened to us. And we will minister to them and, and, and care for them and lift them up and walk with them. Amen. Through this time of crisis. For the church, these are opportunities. Amen. Gang warfare everywhere. That's a great door. That's open to the church. Domestic violence. All around us, amen. Men killing women, amen. Killing the children, amen. And 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 wives killing husbands. A great door that to, to minister to, huh? Uh, AIDS running rampant in our community, decreasing in all the other communities, but increasing in our community, uncontrollable, as if we have no clue what causes it. That's a great door that God has opened unto us. We don't even have to look for it. It's all around us. Huh? Hopelessness among our young people. The gangbanging, a lot of that is because of their hopelessness. They have lost uh, hope. They have lost their identity as to who they are. Amen. And don't think, amen, that they're going to be able to live or be successful or past 20 or 25 years old. So they live, amen, at 15 and 16 and 18 years old as if they're not going to live to be as old as their parents. Amen. Those are great doors that have been opened to the church. Where is the church and what is the church, what is the church's plan, amen, to address these opportunities? Paul said, I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to leave. Amen. Even though I got all kinds of stuff coming at me, all kind of adversaries coming against me, haters of the church, don't want to preach, don't want to, even, even those who proclaim Christ. Amen. Don't, don't, don't want you to pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. But we're going to pray anyhow. Amen. Amen. So they want the benefits of the church, but they don't want the, the gospel of the church. They don't want the Jesus of the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul said, a great door has been opened unto me. And I'm going to stay here and preach and teach. Amen. 
and I may get to you later. But I need to stay here now. How many of us have, are choosing to stay in the confusion? Hmm? Uh, how many of us are, are, are seeing opportunities in the midst of adversities? And the mess that's coming against us and all that's coming against in this generation. And we've been in recession almost, what, to seven, eight, nine years. Uh, how many of us see that as an opportunity to reach out to those who are broken and those who are lost and those who are in need? God has expanded the opportunities for the church, the need for the church, that those, they are looking for Christ even though they don't know it. They need the hope of the gospel even though they don't know it. That's what they're looking for. And they will even sometimes tell you that the church needs to be more involved, even though they haven't been to a church in 20 years. All of a sudden, they're an expert on what the church ought to be doing. But it's what we have told them, what we have taught them, and what we have advertised. Mm. Hallelujah. What we advertise. Amen. And so the, the credibility gap now is, 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 should be narrowing because we have this great opportunity, this great door has been opened to us to reach more for the kingdom of Christ. Amen? And they ought to be seeing, amen, that the church truly is about the mission of the church, which is to win souls for Christ, to minister to those who are less fortunate, amen, and to continue to wrap your arms around them and encourage them and with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is hope in Christ when there is hope nowhere else. Hallelujah. And Paul now, Paul now refers to, uh, reaches back in his 13th and 14th verses. Amen. To the church at Corinth. And he tells them, he says, get your act together. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to minister. I'm going to do what God is asking me to do. But you need to get your act together. And he's not gentle about it. What does he say? Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, act like men, be strong. Uh, stop wimping. Stop cowarding. Stop hiding. Come out of the closet. Learn to walk in the office that God has called you to walk in. He's not gentle about it. You want to look at it, you want to look at it again? Amen. He says, after he's talking about his great opportunity, amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And this great opportunity, he talked about a little bit about uh, Apollos, amen, and those who, uh, and, and, and Timothy, Timotheus, amen. Uh, but he says, now he comes right back to wrap it up, what he's been talking to them about. I'm going to stay here because the window has been opened unto me, a door has been opened unto me, but I want you to get your act together. Huh? He has talked with them about all their issues. Uh, marital, marriage, amen. I mean, this is one of the greatest teachings, amen, on marriage that we deal with is 1 Corinthians 7. Amen. 
talks about how what what marriage is all about, how we should relate one another to one another, and this issue of, of separation and divorce for the church, for saved folk. In case we don't know what what it's all about, let me just we, we got time. Let me give it to you. I'm gonna give you this free. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, this, as I said earlier, now this, this was a, a letter that was written in response to uh, a correspondence that they had had in the seventh chapter, the first verse. It says, now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Huh? After he laid down the guidelines, amen, about marriage, they said, oh, it's good that we don't get married. If we don't have the control over them like we want, hallelujah, it's good for us not to get married. And then he says, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Huh? And let the husband win unto the wife her due benevolence, amen, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. There's a due benevolence when you come together in this contractor relationship. And if you're not going to perform the due benevolence, you ought to stay single. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. See, in this generation, we, we teach, amen, that you can withhold yourself even though you're married, that you don't have to participate in this due benevolence because you have control of your own body. But Paul says, no, 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 no. If you do that, it says... Let me, so, let, me, let me go. Let me read four. And, and the wife has not power over her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband has not power over his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent. Paul calls this fraud. You perpetrated fraud. You lied, deceived them, and now you want your benefits under the law when you said that you were going to operate under certain benefits. Now you don't want to do it. Headaches. Uh, don't befall each other. That's a, with, 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 with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer. Amen. He gave you. He gave the reasons. Amen. That you can withhold yourself from one another, huh? For fasting and prayer. That you may come together again. That Satan tempt you not for your own incontinency, huh? That Satan don't tempt you, see, because you leave your partner vulnerable when you have not, when you don't live up to the benefit package. WQFS, Greensboro. Somebody on the job is watching them. They know when they're, when they're in need. Hallelujah. And I can hear them now. You know how y'all do it, guys. If, 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 I was, if, I was, if I was your man, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be in need like that. You know how the sisters do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come by with that, with that come hither perfume. Hallelujah. 
you you sitting there trying to trying to have a snack and the perfume is dragging you over like this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Don't even know where you are. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You're gonna be all right. Paul now is dealing with this, these issues, amen, trying to set them free. Hallelujah. He's trying to set them free. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. 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 Say, for I would that all men were even as myself, but every man has not has his proper gift of God. One man after this man, another after that. Paul is single and he's celibate. And he's saying, I wish you'd stay single. But celibacy is a gift. And if you don't have the gift, it's better that you get married. Huh? Uh, look out now. Hallelujah. Yeah? I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide, even as I. But if you cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. Married in the burning of your flesh and desire. And eventually burn in hell for sin. You, 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 Paul didn't bite his tongue. Huh? And that's one of the reasons why we don't like the study of the word. Because it doesn't leave much for our opinion. Opinion. Now, then he, hit, he, he tightens it up. He gave the intro, now he tightens it up. He said, now unto the merit I command. He gave his opinion right here. Uh, down, down, but when he says, talking about, uh, I remain as I am, huh? In verse 6, he said, but I speak this by permission. He'd been talking about what the teachings of the, of the Bible, of the word before that. But now in verse 6, he, gave, he, he said, now I'll do this by permission. But I'm, a, I'm an apostle and I'm a, I'm a pastor and a, and a preacher. Uh, uh, so I'm going to give you some good advice. I wish that you stay single. Amen. I wish you stay single like me. So Paul is, is single and celibate. And the reason for that is found over, over in, the, in the latter part here in the same chapter. Huh? In verses 32 and 33, amen. So you, so you won't be going to call him Paul out of his name and out of his anointing. Amen. Amen. He said in 32 says, uh, But I would have you without carefulness, that he that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please, his, please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things which are of the world, how he may please his wife. Huh? So when you're married, your, your, your primary concern is about making sure that your wife is satisfied, is pleased. During that time, they wouldn't even let them go to war for a year, a year after they were married. They had to establish a home and make sure that the wife was taken care of and, and at, at peace, amen, before they would go. And that's, re that's his Paul. That's his reasoning now. Amen. Let the scripture explain the scripture. Amen. Don't try to interject yourself, your situation in it. Let the, let the scripture tell you what it means. Amen. And say, but now, oh, he comes back now in this 10th verse, it says, unto the married I command. He said, this is the word of God. See, you can command the word, you do the word of God. Amen. Yeah, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. And but if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. 
Mm-mm. Woo. Now, this is for believers. This is not for the world. He's talking to believers now. Believers have two, op- two options. You can separate, but if you separate, you re- remain single. He says, now, but if, he said, unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart uh, from her husband. Now watch this now, because the wife could not own property, so they could leave. That's why in that, that, gener- uh, that, that time, the women owned a lot of jewelry and what have you. Particularly, you see it in Indian women even today, amen, because they don't own property. You see it in Af- going on in Afghanistan and other parts of the world where women, the men own the, the, the property, the real property. Amen. And so, and that's what they're battling about now, even trying to get the women educated. And they're burning down the school so that they stay dumb. So they can keep them in slavery, keep them in bondage. Now don't get so upset with them because in America, it just happened in America. There would have been no such thing as women's suffrage if it had not been existing in America. They did the exact same thing to their women in America. It is the culture that we grew out of, the dominance that we grew out of, the oppression that we grew out of. But as we come more and more into Christ, we ought to outgrow that foolishness. That's why Paul talked, spent so much time teaching and preaching about no more male nor female. No more Jew nor Greek. No more privileged class. Because of the oppression that was accepted in the church. And it's still prevalent. That's why we have that argument about women preaching. It's out of that same spirit. The dominance. We can read it. It's in, it's in Genesis. What, second chapter, third chapter, where God came and, and punished all three of the people that were involved, individuals that were involved in the sin. He punished the serpent, he punished the woman, he punished the man. He put the man in charge and made the woman subservient to the man. That was because of sin. That's the consequences of sin. had to be an order in the disorder because Christ God now was no longer in the head of the of this organization so he put the man in charge of the organization but when we come into church when we come to Christ we say that we've been redeemed we've been set free we've been bought with a price we've been restored to our rightful places in God If you were restored to your rightful places in God, then you go back to where you were before the sin. And there was equality before the sin. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, why God sent y'all way over here today. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. But, 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 but it says now, but if she departs, let her remain unmarried. Watch that. There's one choice. Or be reconciled to her husband. Don't be throwing rocks at me. And they said, let not the husband put his, put away his wife. See, the husband could put her out because he owned the property. Amen. But the wife could always leave. If it got too hot and they didn't want to stay, they had a right to leave. That's in that culture. Men, you try to, in this culture, you're going to be the one that's leaving. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That, that's extra. Huh? Huh? And then he goes on to talk about what happens when a brother, a Christian, is married to a wife who is not saved. What happens when a sister is married to a, wife, a husband who is not saved? See, Jesus didn't have to deal with that because he only talked to the Jews. He only preached to the Jews. And the Jews were all, amen, followers of Jehovah. Now Paul is dealing with this, amen, as apostle of Christ. And he's setting the guidelines in here. Amen. Hallelujah. And he says, first of all, the unsaved person, don't stir it up. You Don't leave. If they, they want to stay in the relationship, you don't leave them. You stay with them. Huh? Just because you got saved, that's not ground for you to leave the relationship. Even though when I was a child, I heard it preached. I heard it encouraged that you need to leave the old heathen. Amen. I heard it. Amen. But when I got grown enough to read for myself, I, that's why I, I struggle and get upset. Amen. That we won't preach nothing but what the word says. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm telling you what the word says. Now you can walk in obedience to the word if you want to, but the accountability belongs to you, not to me. My accountability is that I give you the word. The word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't leave. But if they don't want to stay in the marriage, let them go. Let them go. Let them go if they don't want to be married. And then I'm going to set some of you free today. Hmm? But some of you have been in some relationship where the spouse has left and you think that you're still married. You still have a living spouse, living husband, living wife. And you think that because of that relationship, you can't get married again. Hmm? Here it is. Amen. In the 14th verse. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean. But now are they holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister, the believer, is not under bondage in such cases. But God has called us to peace. What does that mean? It means that if the unbeliever walks out of the relationship, God has annulled the relationship. Call you to peace. Peace with what? Peace with the law. The law said that 
You are the only. There are certain only things that can separate you from marriage, and that the main one is death. If you're a believer, hmm. But here in this verse, it says, "Huh, a brother or sister is not under bondage. Not no longer under the bondage of the law. No longer under the bondage of the law." In such cases, but God has called us to peace with Him and with the law. He set you free, huh? And so we have brothers and sisters running around thinking that you know they can't get remarried because you know uh, they got a living spouse. The devil got three wives out there, fifteen children, and you still thinking that's. Your your husband? No, no, no. And it, and it even goes goes any further than that, because, huh? The scripture says, Hallelujah. If 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 the two believers separate, you have an option either to stay single or reconcile. Hmm? Hallelujah. See. God has made reconciliation the standard for the believer. He said that when we have broken relationships, amen, that if we don't reconcile, then we ought to be treated as a heathen or a publican. If you won't hear the person that comes to you, you won't hear the two, three witnesses that come to you. If you won't hear the church, when the church counsels you, he said, let them be as a heathen or a publican. Let them be like they're unsaved. Treat them as if they're unsaved. Huh? I don't care if he's a deacon or preacher or who he is. If the rascal won't reconcile, guess what? He's a heathen. He's a heathen. Because reconciliation is of God. It's the standard that God has set in the body of Christ. Amen. Reconciliation means that you won't submit or subordinate yourself to the good of the union. Just like in the church. There are many of us who will not subordinate ourselves to the good of the church. It's all about me. And we are finagling all the time how we can get our will in the church. How we can get what we want. I don't care what the pastor says. I don't care what the plan is. I don't care what the budget says. I, I, what I want is what I say. And we think God doesn't know it. You think God doesn't know it. It's amazing to me. How wiser we think we are than God. Because we don't say anything. Thank the pastor doesn't know it because he doesn't say anything. You know, he's, a, he's slow anyhow. The problem is that too often we stand in the way between you and God. When God wants to deal with you, a lot of times we're in the way. We run interference. We uh, interference and fight. Uh, but it comes a time when God says, "Get out the way. I got this. I got this. Uh, I got this. 
Some of us are, are, have, are doing uh, in those positions. God is dealing with us, and we have no clue what is going on. God is moving. God is God all by himself. And so jumping back to our text for the day, all of this was free. All this was free. All that was free. That was extra for y'all. Amen. Jumping back to our text today. Amen. Seizing opportunities in the face of adversities. Don't be so upset and so quick to cut and run. Amen. Just because there's a little adversity in your life. You may be exactly where God wants you to be. He may have gone to great extent great length to get you in that position. May have been preparing you for 30 years, 40 years to get you in that position. And you want to stay there two years and leave. I watch it in the church all the time. I watch it in the church. God grows us and grooms us See, we, we, we remember when we, before you were saved. Or oh, you were in the church, but you weren't saved. Huh? See, I remember, before, I remember when a lot of us weren't saved. We really didn't know Christ. We knew coming to church, but we didn't know what it meant to be saved and submitted to Christ. We didn't know what that meant for Christ to be the Lord of our life. And see, and then we, we, we groom you. See, we're about grooming. God is always about grooming. Huh? That's why he could only choose, he, he chose 12 disciples and, and told that 12 to go and multiply. And so he's about multiplying. He's about, and that's how the gospel gets spread. Amen. And so what would happen if, if, if the disciple, the apostles had stayed in the mission two years and said, I I think I've, I've done enough. I want you to pass it on to somebody else. Hmm? That's what we do in the church. I've been the head of this ministry for, I, I think somebody else needs a chance. What? He ain't told me that. I've been at this thing for 30 years. He hasn't turned me loose. He hasn't released me. I've been here over 20 years, huh? and he still hasn't released me. How come they think that they can work a year, two years, and they've been set free? What's up with that guy? I knew it wasn't him that told him that. I knew it wasn't. After he has worked on us for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years to get us to the point that we can do the work, do the position, we want to step away and not do it. And then we complain that uh, that the community is falling apart around us and our children are going to hell in a handbasket. lifestyle change. This is from earth to glory, from birth to death. Amen. How would have fainted if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? Wait, I say, on the Lord. See, I, I would have quit a long time ago. Amen. 
if I've been operating by sight. Amen. But but, but the, the psalmist said, I, I, I would have fainted. I would have given up. I would have thrown in the hat if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord with my own eyes. It shall be as God has said. So I'm not standing on what I see. I'm not standing on what they do. I'm not standing on what they, what they want. I'm standing on what God has spoken in his word. I trust God. I trust God. I believe God. Stay focused and watch God. Stay focused. That's our theme. Stay focused and watch God. Don't be distracted from the mission that God has assigned to your hands, no matter what happens around you. Whether you got one or 100,000, stay focused on the mission. The mission is the priority. The mission is the priority. Hmm? And those of you of military background, you understand that. Huh? No matter how many men you start with, the women you start with, the mission is the priority. The mission You're supposed to take the bridge out. The bridge got to be taken out. Go take the bridge out. If you got to crawl with six bullets in your arm and two in your legs, and you still the bridge still needs to come out. With your dying breath, you got to be on the mission. Because it's not about you. It's about those who are coming after you. Those who are going to be saved because of your sacrifice. Those who will be saved because of your sacrifice. Hallelujah. Seizing the opportunities in the face of adversities. It's not going to be easy all the time. The place that you're going to be, that you are in, you may not want to be there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Talk to me sometimes. I'll tell you. Amen. When of my choosing, but God arrested me. Uh -huh. And so Paul says, now watch, stand fast in the faith. Watch, keep your eyes open. Don't be ignorant to what's going on around you. Huh? I know they think you're dumb, you don't see nothing because you're past 30. And then you're a Christian too. You're really supposed to be dumb. But he says, watch. Stand fast in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Huh? He says, but let everything you do be done in love. No retaliation. No anger. Huh? Don't let, do it out of frustration. It's got to be done in love. Got to be done in love. Do it out of love. That's what makes us per, uh, patient in the process. Because love is patient. Love is long-suffering. Not that we don't know. And not that we don't see it. But God calls us, orders us, commands us to do everything in love. And love suffers long. Mm -hmm. Love covers a multitude of shortcomings. Mm -hmm. 
None of us were chosen because we were perfect. Because we had it all going on. Huh? We were chosen as sinners. As sinners. Amen. The doors of the church are open. I love that man right there. That's my father. Dropped a sermon on us. Thank you for the wisdom that you have delivered to me over the years. Thank you for the guidance that I heard even when I didn't want to hear it. Just thank you for you. Thank you for giving me your name. I love you. All right, folks, let's get some more music in. Vibe out on this. Rest in peace to Wesley Leon Elam Sr. Passed away this past Monday. Always love you.
Rest in peace, man. I ain't forget about you. Forget about you. Forget about you.
Cause it's over, cause it's over, I guess And if you want to pick this mix up, head over to www.theflavorlab.podomatic.com. It's your man Wesley E. It is the Flavor Lab, hitting y'all with gems.